Hello everyone and welcome to Brawler Bios. This is a brand new War Machine podcast coming at you from the great people of Line of Sight. My name's Brian, also known as Malorian, and as I mentioned, this is the pilot, the very first episode for what I'm looking forward to being a great series coming at you every second week that's really, as I said, a War Machine podcast, but this is going to be really focused specifically on Brawl Machine. For those who don't know what Brawl Machine is, Brawl Machine is a new format developed by Line of Sight, and what it really is taking is our large, big game of War Machine that we love, boiling it down to a smaller, more manageable level, and then making rules so that it actually works at that smaller level. So what we're going to be doing in these podcasts is in every single one, we're going to be taking one of the many casters that are out there available to you and really breaking it down, going old school, going chain attack version on this, breaking it down, grading it so that you, no matter whether you're a new player or an experienced player, will have a good idea of what this caster is in Brawl Machine and maybe enticing you to try it yourself. So just to kind of give you an idea of how we're going to be doing this today, this is how this podcast is going to flow. At the very beginning, we will let you know who the caster is. We're going to be going over its general rules, maybe giving you some tips along the way. Then we're going to be really taking that and talking about a potential brawl machine list. Then after that, that's where all the fun happens because then that is where we start grading. We have five different grades which will be coming out for every single caster. The first one is going to be based on its ability to answer. So there's many things out there you have to deal with in that scary, scary war machine world. There's incorporeal there is high defense there's high armor there's just a lot of things out there you have to deal with and if you don't have the tools to deal with it you're gonna have a hard time so we're gonna be grading this caster on its ability to bring answers to the table to those problems now and once we're done that we're gonna flip things completely around and we're gonna be talking about what its abilities are to ask questions to actually put those things on the table that says hey can you deal with this because if you can't you're gonna be in trouble after that we're gonna be talking about the personal output of the caster so really seeing like how much damage can you do because if your army starts to die you need to start doing some work so what is the personal output of this caster then after that we're going to actually give it a grade based on if you're a new player if you're a new player going out there to be using this caster in a game of brawl machine how good of idea is that for you is it something that's easy to take on and isn't really that big of a deal or is it something where it's super complex and you might want to give it a second thought also, and much, I guess, finally then, we'll be talking about what is the grade for an experienced player. If you're coming at this and you got a little bit of a beard, you got a little bit of experience to you, there's some gray in your hair, is this a caster that you should be taking a brawl machine looking for that enticing competitive game? So that's what we're going to be covering today. And now, well, I guess we have that out of the way. Who's going to be our very first caster for this brand new series? Well, for anyone who knows me, I'm definitely a Signar guy. I am a War Machine guy. Sorry, a Mercenary guy, which I guess all falls within War Machine. However, I left it out to the great people there on the internets. I asked them, what should I be covering for the very first video of 
brawler bios and what they said were two very clear things back to me. One, I should be definitely going after the starter casters first. Privateer Press puts out a series of battle boxes. There are these starter casters you're supposed to be using when you're first jumping into the game. Whenever you're using them in, say, like Journeyman League, that's the perfect thing to be using that for. So that is a great idea. So the first casters we'll be going at will be those starter casters, the ones found in the battle boxes. And then the next thing they said that I should be doing is definitely starting with minions so that's what we're gonna be doing today although when i looked at it there isn't actually a battle box of minions that you can buy this just does not exist however privateer press for all these factions that don't actually have a physical box but hey you might be interested in them you want to play them in a journeyman league there are actually existing battle box starter casters for them and it turns out that when you want to look at minions and i actually didn't know this until i looked into it it is helga the conqueror so helga the conqueror congratulations you're the one we're going to be covering in this very first episode so let's just dive into it so helga the conqueror is a minion pharaoh warlock so working for the minions faction but is also classified as a pharaoh which is actually kind of a, a drawback but we'll talk about that in a second now it has six fury which is okay in average it has 15 boxes okay in average it has 29 war beast points sure why not that's maybe a little bit on the higher side so that's all good news for us today only speed five that's a little bit of a problem when we get to the spells we'll see but how we can speed that up but that is a little bit slower but i mean for a piggy that's about the, the normal size you have the normal speed for strength we have seven for the mat and rat we have six and six so again kind of still very average same thing for defense and armor 15 15 so really really baseline there just kind of like your your vanilla stats so far command eight but that doesn't really come up that much it's on a small base and then it has a couple of base rules right there that are at the top of the card first of all it has assault so if you ever want to charge something hey take an extra free shot why not it also has tough so if something goes really really wrong and you lose all your boxes hey there's at least a chance you're going to be still around even though you'll be on your butt in one box now, it has two weapons, and the first one is going to be a shield cannon. Now, this shield cannon is, as you might have thought, an actual ranged weapon. It is range 10, rate of fire 1, so you only get that one shot. Pow 13, which is, you know, respectable. But the biggest thing about this gun is that it's a shield. It, it is literally a shield. It gives you plus 2 armor as long as you're being attacked in the front arc. So, you remember those, like, average baseline stats we talked about at 15-15? Well, that's kind of a lie. It's really 15-17. And that is very respectable, especially when you're something like a Warlock that can just be passing off damage whenever it goes through too badly off to your war beast. It also has a melee weapon, of course. It is a hunting spear. It is range 2, P plus S12. It's magical like most caster weapons are, but it has an extra interesting rule that's called inflict pain. Now, what inflict pain does is when it hits a war beast with this weapon, this model can place one fury point on or remove one fury point from the war beast. And this is a very interesting rule. 
first of all, because it's not friendly. So you can be doing this to, or it's not friendly only. So you can be doing this to your own war beast if you're wanting to, you know, basically manage your own fury outload and re reduce it down after. Or you can be going the other way. You can be going aggressive with this, going against your opponents, adding extra fury to the point where they can't be managing it, forcing them to be taking those checks and maybe just losing activations as they kind of go wild and crazy. So that's great. And you can be doing this over and over again because it's not just like for the first attack. You can be buying and buying and buying and just putting, putting tons of fury points out there. So that is very, very interesting. Now, we also talked about how it's a Pharaoh Warlock and how that's not really a good thing. Well, what a Pharaoh Warlock is, is that this model can only have minion Pharaoh Warbeast in its battle group. So even though you're in minions with alligators and other crazy things, you can only take things that are actually Pharaoh Water Beasts. So uh, a little bit of a restriction there. However, it does have a nice rule. It's going to be applying to all of its battle group because it has Field Marshal Gang Fighter. So this applies to, like I said, the entire battle group. Uh, also, Helga has Gang Fighter herself because, of course, she does. And what that really gives then is that when making a melee attack targeting an enemy model in melee range of another friendly faction warrior model, this model gains plus two to melee and damage rolls. So attack and damage rolls for melee both getting plus two, which really means, again, when we were talking about those kind of mediocre normal stats of just, you know, mat six and just a weapon that's just POW 12, well, when you're doing this against something that already has another warrior model engaging it, she is really mat eight, and that hunting spear is really P plus S 14, which is starting to get a lot more respectable. Going down there, it also has set defense. So it has a spear. That makes sense. A model in this model's front arc suffers minus two on charge, slam, power attack, and impact attack rolls against this model. So really, again, those normal stats that we said of 15-15 that are really 15-17, well, when you get charged, it's really 17-17. So this is getting even more interesting. Uh, of course, you don't want to be always inviting charges against your warlock, but hey, it's nice to know that when you get charged, you're going to be a little bit safer. Finally, it has one more rule. It has veteran leader, Pharaoh Valkyries. So what this means is that while in this model's command range, so, oh, that command of eight actually does matter, friendly Pharaoh Valkyrie models gain plus one to attack rolls. So really just helping all the other Valkyrie models there in your list hitting and sure, why not? That's a great thing to have on there. Might be just within eight inches, forces you to get up there with Helga, but it's better than not having the rule, so don't turn your nose up at that one. It can sometimes really change things for you. Now, a lot of times your warlocks don't have a lot of spells, but Helga has actually a good number of spells and some very powerful ones too. The very first one is Cyclone. Now, Cyclone is a cost two spell that is self, so you have to cast it on Helga. It's nothing that you can upkeep, so if you want to do this over and over again, you'll have to pay for it over and over again. And what Cyclone is, is that the Warcaster immediately makes a full advance, ignoring free strikes during this movement. At the end of the movement, this spellcaster can make one basic melee attack against each model in its line of sight that is in its melee range. 
Cyclone can only be cast once per activation. Now, this is a very, very interesting rule to have. For start off, it just makes you faster, right? If you were ever to go up and want to run with Helga, well, you could be running 10 inches. But a lot of times you want to be casting spells. So then you'd maybe cast a spell and charge only eight. Well, there you go. Now you got a great thing you can do with Helga. Walk up your five, cast your spells, then cyclone another five like you ran anyway. Very, very nice to do. Another thing you can be doing with this as well is also be using it to be getting out of dangerous situations. If they have really rushed your warlock and you're in a lot of trouble, well, then guess what? You can go and move out, again, ignoring all those free strikes and getting away. This can also be used aggressively and offensively because you can be using this cyclone to be moving up and really extending your threat range. Again, maybe charging one model, moving eight inches, cyclone, so you're moving another five, threading with your spear, another two. Oh, math is fun on podcasts. But what I'm really getting to is that this little piggy gets around and gets around really quickly and you really have to watch out for it. And then even if nothing else, if none of those little niche situations never come up, well, this is also kind of something where you can get a lot of efficiency in your attacks. If there's a lot of things that you are planning to be buying attacks against, say more than two, this is just more efficient. You could either be moving up and then buying two attacks, or you could be going into spending two to Cyclone and making an attack against each of them. So a really, really, really good spell with a lot of utility and really something to keep in mind. Hell, you can even be doing this as a, as a sprint. You go in there, make your attacks, and then Cyclone away. Really, really good spell. Can't say more about it because then you'd probably turn off the podcast. All right, the next one is another one good for her, especially because she wants to be supporting the infantry in her list, and that's going to be Dash. Now, Dash is going to be another cost two spell, has to be cost on self, once again, so on Helga, and its error effect is going to be control, so going out that 12 inches around her in a bubble. It's going to last the turn, and again, this is not an upkeep. Now, what this is going to do is that the Warcaster and Friendly Faction Warrior models activating in its control range get plus one speed. While in the Warcaster's control range, Friendly Faction Warrior models also gain parry. Now, this is very great, great. Now, if we're talking about these slow little piggies that can't go very fast because they're only speed five, well, you cast this and now they're going up to speed six. Meaning that if you ever want to do something, sure, you got plus one inch for your threat, but if you ever want to run something that's going to be using that speed value more than once, that's going to be, of course, now two. So what we're really trying to say here is that this slow little Helga that was only speed five, well, all of a sudden now you can do dash, you can go up six inches, you can then cyclone up another six inches, and now you're really getting up there really, really, really fast. Not to mention that when we're talking about a faction and a breakout here that wants to be using Gang Fighter, wants to be getting up there with the warrior models so that your actual war beast can be getting plus two, plus two to their attacks, having dash on these models so that they're not only faster, but immune free strikes so that they can get to where they need to be, again, a very nice rule to have. 
hell, even in something where you want to be running in to contest a zone, but they've set up a whole bunch of blockers. Well, guess what? You got free strikes. Zoom. I run around you. I'm in the zone. I contested you. Everything's fantastic. Now, the next bell on our card is going to be Defender's Ward, and the great things keep on happening. Now, Defender's Ward is a little bit pricey. It's going to cost you three focus to cast this. It has a range of six when you're trying to cast it on something else, but you can upkeep it. So after that, you can actually go and be just spending one to be keeping it there. Now, what Defender's Ward does is that target-friendly faction model or unit gains plus two defense and armor. Models are not affected while out of formation. Now, this is just a classically great spell for whatever. If you have something that has high armor, this is going to push it. If you have something that has already pretty good defense, this is going to push it. If you have something that's pretty good for both, well, now both of these things are getting extreme. And so, I seem to remember, we were talking about Helga and saying that she had very mild and normal 15-15 stats. Then it turned out that she was 15-17. And then it turned out that in some cases she's 17-17. And now we're looking at this and saying, well, if you cast Defender's Ward on yourself, you are 19-19. Ashlyn, move over. We have a new hardest caster to try and take out. It is very deceptive. You look at this little piggy sitting there with a big belly, and you're like, oh yeah, that'll be easy to kill. Oh, you're 19-19? Yeah. That's a really big thing to worry about. And also, I mean, of course, this doesn't have to go on your caster. You can go to a lot of other places as well, whether it's going on to your favorite unit that's going to be up there, maybe trying to tar pit, maybe just trying to stay alive. If it's on a war beast that you want to try and keep alive, you can be swapping this thing around. Again, very, very handy spell, although it is a little bit pricey at three, so that you probably want to find that spot it's going to be living on and then only move it over if you really, really have to. All right, moving on past that, we're now going to be talking about Distraction. Now, what Distraction does is it's a cost 2 spell, range 10, it lasts for the round, and what this does is make it so that target warrior model or unit cannot make range attacks. So that would probably be worth it alone if just the fact that, hey, I'm going to go up there and say that that scary unit can't shoot me, that's pretty good already. But if on top of that, also that unit is minus two defense and mat, well, that's even adding a little bit more on there. All of a sudden now, this is basically a two-hit fixture, right? Even though you're not adding to your own mat, if you're lowering their defenses, that's pretty good. As well, if they themselves are also being minus two mat, well, that's another time where you're kind of making your own models harder to hit. You can imagine a situation where you have a unit that's getting ready to charge in. So you have Defender's Ward on your own unit. So it's getting plus two defense, plus two armor. You then cast Distraction on the enemy model. Maybe the enemy unit, you didn't even care if I was going to be shooting or not. But now when your unit charges in, they're going to be basically plus two to try and hit it. And then when they're trying to hit you back, they are at a four disadvantage. They are minus two. Their target is plus two. It is sad times. Who would have thought that this piggy is going to be all about high defense, but it's all here on the cards. Now, there is one more spell on here, and being a jank guy, I gotta love this one. It is muzzle. Muzzle is cost two, range 10, POW 12, and what this does is an enemy war beast that is damaged by muzzle cannot advance towards the spellcaster for a round. 
That's right, folks. You basically have the ability to time lock a war beast. Th this little piggy is somehow also Haley too. I don't know why, but it's there on the card. Now, of course, this is situational. It's only going to be when you're up against a hordes faction that's going to be having a war beast. But whenever you're in that, that situation, you now have that threat on the table that if Helga goes up and goes boop, muzzle, and gets this one, all it needs is one point of damage, all of a sudden, that war beast isn't super stuck. It can actually move around, but it cannot move around in a way that it ends up closer to Helga than it was before. And so depending on where you are, that really means that it, it's not coming closer towards you. So if you have your normally slower minion war beasts that have a hard time getting an alpha, well, that alpha is a lot easier to get when your opponent can't come towards you. Now, note that you probably will need to boot. So when we say a cost two, you're probably, you know, you might be able to chance trying to hit, but you're really, really going to have to boost the damage. So this is really a cost three. But hey, we're also talking about this might be a situation where you're not just doing this to one beast. You're doing this to two war beasts. You could get up there and get really janky and going, boop, you're muzzled. Boop, you're muzzled. All right. Oh, oh sorry. We're playing a smaller game. We're playing Brawl Machine. So all you had was two war beasts. Ooh, that sucks to be you. Looks like you're not coming towards me. That can be really, really great and a really awesome thing to have in a card. Even if it's not going to come up all the time, hey, if there's no war beast, but you can still have this little magical blast that's going to cost two and do a POW 12, sure. Why not? So it's a really great thing to have on the card here. Now, we have one more thing to talk about the caster, and this is going to be its feat. And the feat is called Grand Finale. What Grand Finale does is that when a friendly faction model in Helga's control range hits an enemy model with a basic melee attack, instead of making a normal damage roll, the enemy model can be slammed D6 inches directly away from the attacking model. The power of the slam damage is equal to the P plus S of the attack, so it really is a regular damage roll. And then the POW of the collateral damage is equal to the strength of the attacking model. Grand Finale lasts for one turn. So that's important. It's not the round. It's not like if you ever get free strikes, you're going to be slamming things away. But oh boy, what a fun little feat. For those who don't really know what this means, this can do a couple things. One, it can mean that if you have trouble hitting a war beast because it or anything really, any sort of enemy target... You just hit it with this feet, you slam it, it's going to be automatically knocked down, and now everything else is going to be going after something that's defense 5, and that's really easy to do. The other thing this feat does is since you're slamming things, you can slam things into other things. So if all of a sudden you're in a situation where you had limited attacks, well, all of a sudden now you can be lining things up that you're hitting one thing into another thing and killing two models with every single attack. Hell, maybe be in something where it's just added benefit. You're going to be going in there and attacking that war beast anyway, but now you can be slamming that war beast over the infantry that was behind it. You know all that support that likes to be hiding behind all of their front line? Well, now that front line is going to be slammed over them. It is just a very, very great feat to have. And for me, a scenario player, oh boy, the scenario things here you can do are great. If something is in there just towing a zone, boom, hit it once. You don't even have to damage it. Just hit it and it slammed outside of the zone. Boom, zone cleared. Maybe there's that war beast that's on the edge of 
a control range. You move over to the side, boom, you hit it, you slam it. Now it's not even in control range. It can't even be having its fury leached or be given focus if it's a warjack. This application is not something that's just super, super impactful on its face, like, hey, everything gets to make an extra attack. However, if you are someone that can be putting in some extra thought and think about this feat a little bit more, it can be doing a lot of things for you. All right, so that's the caster. There was a lot of things to go over. So let's move on to the next section, which is making a potential list for our caster. Now, when I looked over these things, there's a lot of different themes you could be putting this into, but I decided at the end of the day that I wanted to put this into will work for food. Now, the reason why I decided to do this was one of the rules is war beasts in this army gain overtake. So what overtake does is that when a model with overtake destroys one or more enemy models with a basic melee attack, it's combat with its combat action, sorry, after the attack is resolved, it can immediately advance up to one inch. Now, this doesn't sound all that impressive. Sometimes if you're going into a bunch of infantry, it allows you to kind of surf through them, hitting one person, moving to the next, bing, bing, boom, moving through all of them. However, when we're talking about Helga's feet, this is making that janky feet even jankier. It is meaning that I can now hit something and move my trajectory, moving my alignment so that next time I hit something, boom, I can send it slamming off in whatever direction I want. So sometimes when you're charging in, you're a little bit limited by where you can actually get to and by your, your distance you can go. But with overtake, it just fixes that, that, that little bit more. Now, I'm sure there's some other benefits you can be getting from some of the other themes, but I thought this is the one that I liked the most. There's other things you get from this too. Your lesser warlocks in this army can upkeep their spells for free. That we're probably not going to use because we want to have a lot of warrior models, so we don't have a lot of points to be spending on lesser warlocks. And then, sure, there's some nice free things we can get, like you get in all the normal themes. So when it comes then to my battler group, as we said, Halga has 29 war beast points, and it turns out that there's a great combination for that, which is really just a war hog and a road hog. So the road hog going nice and fast, getting in there, doing some real damage, that can be great. Uh, the road hog gives you lightning strikes so that, <laughs> remember that, remember what we talked about where we can be dancing around with cyclone? Well, imagine if you could be dancing around with cyclone and lightning strike. You can have this pig just going all over the place. The other one is your general beater. It is the Warhog. It is the one that, sure, has Bulldozer as a spell, which, again, could be for a very janky, interesting scenario play. While you're moving in there and trying to slam things around, if it turns out there's something there that you can't slam, well, maybe just Bulldozer it. Or maybe Bulldozer something so it's in the perfect slam position. Again, a very great thing to have on there. And really, why we're taking it is just to have a nice beater in the list. Now, when it came to the list, I really want to take some very powerful infantry for me to be using for gang and for dash and for the feet. And so what I decided to take on this is, well, before we do anything else, you got to put in those Pharaoh Valkyries. You got to put in that unit of them. They automatically get a benefit. They do a lot of things for the list. They're shield guards. They have vengeance. They already had gang themselves. So, I mean, 
the fact that they want to get in there and get messing up, that's already a nice thing. Plus, they're already a, a pig unit that's a little bit higher for the defense and armor. So whereas most pig units are only defense 12, their defense 13, meaning that if you get defender's ward on them, they're actually going up to a pretty respectable defense 15. So that's a pretty nice thing to do. Get it in there with some nice dash, do some nice smashing. They got shield guard. Great thing you got to start with. Now, after that, I really wanted to use some pig units past that, but to be honest, the other pig units didn't really do it for me. So I started looking at, instead at the solos. We already got the one unit. You know, if we need to go and score something, uh, a circle along the way, we have our one unit. We can now get some solos. And since we're already saying like, hey, don't shoot us because we have shield guard and vengeance, let's also add in the wastelander. The Wastelander. Now, the Wastelander is a perfect example of what we want to be looking for in this army. It is a fast model at speed 7. It has okay reach. It's with 1, but also high mat. The last thing we want to do is we want to pop our feet, say we're going to get in there, and then miss your attack. So that's the last thing we want. We want to have something that has good mat, a good chance they can actually hit, and that's going to be the Wastelander. And if nothing else, it is the super shield guard where it has the ability to take a bullet and then deflect it back. So a really interesting piece to have in the list for both the feet purposes and also for its ability to keep you safe from any range lists. We're also going to be putting in Maximus. Maximus, not really the fastest, only five. Uh, has range two on its weapon though, so that helps. But it also does also have Relentless Charge. So if we need something that can be dealing with some of the terrain out there, Maximus might be our person. Also as Berserk, can deal with some of the infantry. Sure, why not? Another piece I want to be putting in here is going to be Quark Spine, Slick Spine, and Gub Croak Sorcerers. I just love saying some of these names. Now, this one is not really in there for you to try and hit hard or anything like that. It's really there as a support piece. Uh, if you're going to be hitting your own pieces in order to be taking away Fury, well, it has heal. So it can go over there and it can be healing things. It also has Enliven. So you can be putting Enliven on one of your very slow things like the Warhog. And then if they get the elf on you, hey, you get to move away and don't get hurt much past that. So there's a lot of things on here it can be doing to help you. It also has Share the Load where once per turn when this model makes a magic ability, special attack or special action, immediately after the attacker action is resolved it can make one additional magic ability or attack special action so it can be doing some dancing around it can be attempting to at least make attacks and get defeat things but let's be honest it's really there for the healing and the enliven the other one here that i love is going to be kogan the exile this is a a new interesting thorn thorn solo but it's still a minion model so everything here is going to apply it's a little bit faster it's speed six it's range two, it's mat eight, it's ticking off all the boxes, but here's the part I love the most. It has brutal charge, okay, plus two to charge attack roll, so it's really mat 10, that's nice, but it also has smite. A model directly hit by this attack can be slammed d6 inches directly away. Hey, that sounds like something. Wouldn't it be really nice to be hitting something with this on the feet so you slam it 2d6 away that just to me sounds amazing the idea where you're like hey you <laughs> war beast that you thought were gonna be in this battle boom you're now 12 inches away that would be hilarious i love it and if nothing else 
it still ticked off all those other boxes about being fast, having a long threat, and being able to actually hit. Now, the next thing we really need in here is just some little things to throw in the way. Just something that can be setting us up, going in, contesting, uh, setting ourselves up for the alpha, but maybe having some extra little jank in there too. And that's going to be four editions of a Swamp Gobber River Raider. These are one-point minion solos, and... Sure, they're throwaway models, they're defense 14, they're nice to jam, set yourself up for a good alpha the following turn. However, they also have reel in on their harpoon pistols. Now, you might think that, oh, I'm, I'm shooting you with a harpoon and I'm pulling you closer. No, this thing is actually different. When this attack hits an enemy model, immediately after the attack is resolved, place this model in base to base with the enemy model. So what that really means then is that it can hit something and then be moving over to somewhere else it needs to be. Now, what this does then is really set you up for some of those kind of gang fighter attacks that you really want to do. But if nothing else, it's a very interesting piece that can really jump around to very annoying situations. And to me, a, a very wonderful thing to have in there in Brawl Machine where you just need cheap things you can throw away. You know, you don't have very many models. And if you're up against somebody that's running just pretty much a battle group, if you have four throwaway models that you can just throw in front of them, that is a very powerful thing to do. So that's my list. That's where I would be starting with. By the way, when I'm talking about these potential lists, I'm not going to get into things like specialists. I'm going to be keeping things very easy, but I'd imagine that if I wanted specialists in here, there'd be some other specialist solos so that when I come in, I can swap out two, three as I need to. All right, let's move into everybody's favorite part of these things. This is where we're going to be giving out some grades. Everybody loves this because... I'm probably going to say something wrong, you're going to disagree with it, but that's okay. We're all here having fun. I'm just trying to give you a, a good idea of what I think this caster can do in Brawl Machine. Now, the first grade we're going to be talking about here is on answers. The ability to go out there and answer the questions that your opponent is putting forward to you. Now, when we looked at this, the very big one we could see here is maybe something with lowering down some defense with distraction. If they're saying, hey, I'm going to be having some very high defense, well, between gang and distraction, that's going to be a little bit of an answer to that. As well, because you have gang, that means you're going to be having something else that's adding a little bit more punch. So if they have a little bit more armor, it lets your beast hit a little bit harder. That being said, there really isn't a lot there. This is actually one spot where I'd say Helga kind of falls a little bit short. There's not really a lot of answers there to the questions being asked. You could be arguing that some things like muzzle could be an answer, right? If their question is that I have this really powerful war beast, well, that war beast can stay over there. I'm going to muzzle it. It's stuck over there now. Sure, I can see that as a bit of an answer, but it's a situational one. It, it's something we can't be giving full grades to. So if we're saying that and we're going to be saying that an average thing would be around, you know, like a, a, a C and, you know, like a B would be above average. A would be awesome. D is not looking so good. And I'm not going to give anybody F's. That's not what we're doing here. If we're looking at Helga and her ability to answer, I would probably put her down as 
maybe even a little bit less than average. I think this is going to be a C minus. I don't think it's all the way down in a D. It's not something that's completely lacking, but it, it is not really up to snuff. It is not really having a lot of things there. And you know what? If you're a person who doesn't like answering your opponent, you're the one who wants to be giving the questions. Well, let's move on to that next. So a C minus for actually having answers, but what is it for questions? When it comes to questions, oh boy, there can be some very interesting things going on here. Let's start off by talking about that defense swing. Just the idea that you could be having defender's ward on a unit and then distraction on the enemy unit, that in itself is a very big question saying like, can you deal with a defense four swing? And that's something that a lot of people can't deal with. There, of course, with that defendant's ward is a little bit of a question of a higher armor. Not really a big one. It's a little piece that's in there as well. But as far as muzzle came in, when we were talking about that being an answer, I really think it's more so a question. It's something that you're threatening to the opponent and saying, look, I can muzzle your war beast. You will always have to think about this. I might never use it the entire game, but you're going to have to play around thinking that your war beast might be muzzled. And that's a really big thing for them to be worried about. And if they're not worried about that, boy, that feat is a big thing that they have to wonder how they're going to be answering. The very idea that they have to be thinking about that, well, what model is going to be standing in front of what model? How far am I actually going to be standing into this zone? How far can I go out inside of my control range? All these things have to be very carefully evaluated. Otherwise, Helga might just go there and slam you away. And finally, let's talk about the question of Helga herself. When you decide to go Super Saiyan and just put everything on yourself, she turns into something that's very hard to deal with. You might just decide to be putting Defender's Ward on your caster and then just zipping up the table just to lock down an entire unit and be like, well, you're all stuck here now because you can't really hit me very well and if you move out of this, I'm going to slam you pretty good. There's just so many interesting things you can do here. It's not really pushed to the very extremes. I wouldn't give this an A, but there certainly are a lot of very interesting things put into this, asking a lot of very creative questions. I'm going to at least give this a B. This is ahead of the curve. Now, let's talk about the personal output of Helga. Now, this one, even though we can talk about how her stats can be going up, well, her mat and pow could go up. We did talk about how it goes up to mat 8 and then really going up to pow 14, P plus S14 rather. And sure, when she charges in, she can go in there and she can get an extra shot. Sure, there's also the cyclone where if I'm trying to deal with a unit, I can be doing that and trying to hit them all. But really in all those cases, that's not really anything very extreme. You're not going to be going in there threatening to be taking out some very powerful solos, threatening to be taking out a heavy, even threatening to be taking out a caster. To really be doing all the things that she wants to do, she has to be casting a lot of focus. So I believe that a lot of her toolkit allows her to be standing in the front line, to be giving out the abilities that she needs to to the rest of the force. However, she herself does not have a very high personal output. So I think I'm going to be leaving this one as a C. It's not embarrassingly bad. It's not below average, but it certainly isn't anything special.
So with that in mind, let's talk about the grade for new players. If you're a new player, you're just walking in the store and you say, Malorian, should I be using Helga as my first caster for Brawl Machine? What would be my response? And I would be kind of hesitant to do that. On one side, on the thing that's giving Helga a plus, all those slams make her a very fun caster. One of the things that we can't be forgetting about is that we are playing this game to have fun. And there are a lot of things going on here that are very fun. However, they're a little bit complicated. If you're needing to play Helga a little bit further up so that she can be threatening with muzzle, if you need to be arranging things so you can have a very good feat and you're slamming things just where you need, if you're needing to set yourself up where you are trying to get that alpha so you're actually having that good ability to get a feat and slam things where you need, well, that takes some expertise. And if you're someone walking into this new to the game, that might not be something you can be picking up right away. So as fun as this is, I really don't think this is something that I'd be really pushing on new players. I'm actually going to be giving this one here a D plus. So not like the hardest, not the worst. However, it's one that I, if a new player came to me and says, I'm going to be playing Helga. Oh, I would be like, okay, great. I, I hope you're looking into for the lulls as you're slamming some things around but you might have some frustration as you're trying to learn this caster and trying to do all the things that you really want this list to do. However, let's talk about experienced players. If we're coming into this and we have an experienced player that knows how to do these things, knows how to be really pushing their caster, knowing how to abuse those slams and also just things like muzzle or even just the thing like going in there and playing with that spear and adding fury where you want it or minusing it off, that can be a very powerful thing you can do only when you're doing it right. And when it comes to that, I think this is a great caster for experienced players to use. I'm going to be giving this one a B. And the reason why I'm giving it a B is because it is a rewarding caster where the more that you learn about it, the more interesting things you can do. But at the same time, it is definitely a dark horse. If you take this to a Brawl Machine game up against somebody else that is used to their normal power casters, they probably don't know a lot about a Helga and what a Helga can do. And then all of a sudden they're being slammed out of zones. They're being slammed into each other. They're being muzzled. They're being controlled. There's there's high defense swings. They, they, they go for a desperate assassination and you tell them that they're a 1919. Yeah, this can really catch a lot of people out of uh, off guard. There's a lot of interesting questions that if they're not prepared coming in, they're going to have a hard time trying to deal with. And again, especially, especially if they're playing hordes. So something really think about. And when we're talking about experienced gamers, well, they can then be also thinking about their sideboard and taking very specific sideboard pieces that are in there for dealing with War Machine. So that your main list is there's all comers, but really targeting hordes factions. And then your specialists can be really then attuned to whenever you're up against War Machine. So there you have it. There is Helga the Conqueror, the minion pharaoh warlock i hope you enjoyed this very first episode of brawler bios again please go to the linus site webpage this is probably where you found this podcast anyway but if you didn't go there find out what brawl machine is all about and know that brawl machine is amazing and something you should be doing 
And if you want to have your favorite caster covered up next, please feel free to post down below. Let me know wherever you can in the comments and the messages section. Let me know what you want to be hearing about. Because like I said, I'll be doing this every two weeks, bringing you another Brawler bio. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you later. Bye. <laughs>